0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is, and great fun we are having here. That's about as hard as I've laughed on the air, maybe even off the air, in a very long time. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Charles Barkley was just here on the Goodyear hotline, and there were two things he said that you need to hear if you were not with us. The first is about as funny as anything that's happened to me on the air in forever. And again, it's just the randomness of this the, the fact that this worked out the way it did is just incredible. It's impossible to imagine. But I wanted to set the stage for you. We talked for about basketball for about 15 minutes. And then I was going to segue to asking him about his daughter's wedding. And then we lost his signal. He was on FaceTime and he was just gone. It was obvious to me he could no longer see or hear me. So I asked him the question, could he still hear me? And he responded directly <laughs> which is confusing in every way. This was the exchange. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. Okay. So again, that doesn't actually make sense. But what actually, what we found out subsequently is that he was responding to our television director. Our show is on TV. We stream every single day on ESPN+. You can check it out anytime you want. ESPN+, hashtag Greenie is the name of the show. The guy who directs our television show had asked him in that exact second, can you hear Greenie?" And he responded, no, I cannot. So what winds up happening on the air is this. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. So it doesn't. So like it didn't make any sense to us at the time. And and that's what threw me. That's why I stayed with it as long as I did, because I thought to myself, wait a minute. He obviously can hear me at least a little. So I'm going to stay with it. So anyway, that was extre- when we figured out what that was. That was <laughs> that was extremely funny. Then there's the other part of what he said that I think is going to get a lot of attention. He said he believes James Harden is the MVP of the league this year and marveled at what he has done since he got to the Nets.
1: I know I'm going to probably get criticized for saying this. This guy
0: might be the best basketball player in the world. I mean, he might be the best player in the world. I've always thought he was the best offensive player. He wasn't as great as Michael and Kobe. But I said a few years ago, and people laughed at me, he's the best offensive player I've ever seen. Mm. But right now, no disrespect to LeBron or Giannis or anybody, James Harden might be the best basketball player in the world, period. And look, I am so impressed, just to sort of follow up on what Charles said, I'm so impressed with the approach he has taken. You know, it's one thing to be dynamically talented, brilliantly talented, as he is and has been for a long time. But to be willing to adapt your game, when you've had the level of success he's had, to adapt it, to fit into exactly what your new team needs, that just shows, I think, a maturity and a different level of understanding of his place in the game and what it is he wants, a different priority. And frankly, I was expecting from him. I'll be totally honest. And it happened immediately. Immediately. So I'm very impressed. So I agree. You gave me the stat. What is the highest anyone has ever finished in the MVP voting?
2: Fifth. So, yeah, so I looked, I looked, up, I looked this up for, for, for Wendy and Zach Lowe. I looked up to see how many times a player who was traded midseason had, had a chance to win the MVP. Never has that, any player to do so finished higher than fifth. It was Chauncey Billups, it was Moses Malone, and then it was Wilt Chamberlain. None of those players finished higher than fifth, but it's likely that Harden will.
0: Oh, he's going to finish way higher than fifth. And I don't think people will, I don't think he'll get the award. But I think he's going to finish way higher. You don't think people Finn. will hold against him what happened at the end? I though? do. I think people will hold against him what happened in Houston. And I think that this is a narrative award. And there are other people whose turn it is. Now, the problem is most of those people are hurt. Like, <clears> who, <throat> who else is even in this discussion I'm going to push back the green list. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together, so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I'm really throwing caution to the wind today, aren't I? This is very un-Greeny of me. For for anyone who knows me, and Hembo has known me forever, and Bubba (laughs) on the board knows me forever... I like my things planned out, and especially since we moved to this new time where I come right off the TV show and roll right into this. I've got everything scheduled. I know the the night before, what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, we are all scheduled. And here I am, changing things on the fly.
2: Charles Barkley made you laugh, and now we're—
0: Who am I? Bubba, who who is this greenie all of a sudden? This is a a new me. a new man. I'm a new man. But anyway, so I'm going to throw caution to the wind. If not hardened, then Who?
2: Right now, Jokic is
0: the clear favorite. You're out on Jokic? When you say the favorite, you're talking about Vegas. Correct. You're not talking about the clear favorite in, well, I guess Vegas is saying the same thing.
2: Since the injuries to LeBron and Joel Embiid, he, is, uh, he has elevated himself to the significant favorite to win the regular season. Who else is Award. in this? So Jokic is first, LeBron is second, Joel Embiid is third, Giannis is fourth, and Harden is fifth.
0: And who did I have on yesterday who brought up Damian Lillard? Oh, Wendy. Wendy. And Wendy came on yesterday and talked about Damian Lillard, and that's an interesting one. Let me bring Hashtag Nuno. I got the whole Hashtag crew working today. We got good stuff. Let me bring in Hashtag Nuno, who hates the Nets. Um, <laughs> 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 no, no. Am I, am I quoting – am I being accurate in my depiction of your of your emotions towards the Brooklyn Nets? Well, then
2: I backtracked, and not the Nets, but specifically the net fans, the very l- – Little that, uh, little that they're out there, it's just annoying. Like, guys, you're
0: not good. You'll never own the city, even if you win a championship. Just deal with it. Listen to Nuno. I mean, just f- you give hashtag Nuno a microphone, and he's just firing on <laughs> he's, he's Mad Dog Russo all of a sudden.
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> a blowtorch Listen in there? to him.
0: He's firing on people. But okay, let me ask you this question then, Nuno. Let me follow up on the two things that Barkley said. One, is James Harden the MVP? Nuno, yes or no? Uh, I think he is. Okay. Next, if they're all healthy, if KD, Kyrie, and Harden are all healthy when the playoffs begin, do the Brooklyn Nets win the NBA championship? Are they going up against a healthy Lakers team? I'm, I'm throwing it out there in every circumstance. So let's say yes. Let's say the Lakers are also healthy. I still take the Lakers. Take the Lakers. He says the Lakers. Hembo, what would Vegas say about that series?
2: Vegas right do now. Do we know yet? We don't know. Right now, they have almost identical odds to win the championship. The Lakers are still slightly, own slightly better odds than Brooklyn does.
0: Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that their jerseys say Lakers and the other team's jerseys Most say Nets. Definitely. And that, that, that factors into this a little bit. I am fascinated by the Harden thing. Look, I, I grew up, I'm a fan of the history of sports. And I can tell you that one of my favorite stories, one of the ways I learned about sports and learned about teamwork in sports, and I think this applies to a lot of other things, is that the New York Knicks, who were my family's favorite team when I was growing up, and that was after they had won their first championship in 1970. I'm too young to remember either of them, but those my parents' favorite teams forever. My dad would always tell me, Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe were arch rivals, arch rival point guards in the Eastern Conference. And the Knicks acquired Monroe from the then Baltimore Bullets, and the two of them decided to sublimate their games for the betterment of the team. And each of them sacrificed whatever they needed to sacrifice to work together, and they won a championship together in 1973. So that's always been the example I use. So when LeBron, and to bring it to a much more recent example, when LeBron and Wade and Bosh got together, when the, the three guys in Golden State got together, more than three, when, when, when KD joined that group in Golden State, that's always been what I've thought of. Are they willing to sublimate what they do for the betterment of the team and in all honesty i'll be completely honest with you i i don't think i would have assumed james harden was the kind of guy who would do that and so i give him all the credit in the world and so while i was as critical as anybody of the way it ended in houston fair is fair he's been phenomenal and he has done everything you could ask him to do all right the green list is still coming tim hasselbeck is coming but up next the tradition of festivists begins With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Time for your calls, and we have not done the airing of grievances in far too long. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you are a sports fan, you are aggrieved. That has been my experience, and I'm sure it's yours. So call up with your grievances. We will air them together next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. All right, we are busy here. We're uh, ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Quarterback Talk with Tim Hasselbeck. On the way, we will get to the green list. On the way, Charles Barkley was unbelievable. But right now, it's your turn. The tradition of festivists begins... With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, the airing of grievances is a tradition on this program as well. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I've never met a sports fan who wasn't aggrieved. So we'll give you a chance to air your grievances. Bubba, who is first up? First up is Brad. All right, Brad, air your grievance, my friend.
1: I got to air my grievance with you, Greeny. Y'all, y'all just got done talking about the MVP and did not mention Luka. Have y'all seen what he's doing down in Dallas? Once he got all his teammates back from COVID, and, you know, it, it wrecked the team for like a month. And now he's balling out of control. Like, he, he's, he has a team in top defensive rating outside of the Lakers since everybody's healthy. Why is he never mentioned?
0: It's a good question, and you're right. And for whatever it's worth, if this puts me back in your good graces, Brad, and I appreciate the grievance, um, if it puts me back in your good graces, I did pick him before the season began to be my MVP. He was my preseason pick. Where does is does Vegas even mention him? Yep, fourteen to one, same as Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. So he's sixth, tied for sixth on that list. And I, I'm trying to, I'm quickly trying to pull up the records here because um, they started out terribly. Dallas had a million COVID issues at the beginning, and their season started out really bad. They're currently in the eighth spot right now, three games over five hundred. If if he continues to play the way he's playing, and look, I've said it a million times. Here's another one for you, Brad. I've said if you were starting a team with any player right now, any person walking the face of planet Earth, I would start it with Luka Doncic. If that team goes on a crazy second-half tear, maybe he does play his way into the conversation. It's
2: very possible. They had the best offense of all time last season. If they can do something like that again and get get out of that play-in situation, I think you're right.
0: It's a good grievance, though. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Brandon. All right, Brandon, you're on ESPN Radio. Air your grievance.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm a Vikings fan, and I don't understand why we refuse to not put together a decent O-line. Well, that's been the weak spot for our team for the last few seasons, and I don't know why they refuse to sign or draft any O-line.
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, that's the place you want to build. I, I, for what it's worth, Mel does project you, the Vikings, to trade up to nine this year to take Pene Sewell. The Vikings uh, draft later, where is where's Minnesota in round one right now? Minnesota is, well, here, that 14, and he projects them to go up. Pene Sewell is like the legendary bookend tackle in this draft from Oregon. Opted out last year, but he's the guy who's supposed to be the next great left tackle, plug him in, and he's, you know, he's your left tackle for the next 12 years. If he really does slip all that way, if all the quarterbacks go, and then they start taking these receivers and stuff, Sewell is a guy who could fall, who is going who will have enormous value. So the good news for you there, Brandon, is if the Vikings do trade up and take Penny Sewell, your problem is solved. They will have addressed your grievance. I like it. Greeny on ESPN radio. Bubba, who's next? We have Brad number two. All right, Brad number two, uh, what is your grievance? Hey Greeny, I'm a
1: diehard Packer fan. What are the Packers doing? They're just wasting Aaron Rodgers' whole career and it's disgusting. Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade
0: right now because signing Kevin King, not signing a free agent, like I said, is just disgusting to me. Well, here's the thing. Here's what the Packers are doing. And you could argue this one way or the other. First of all, I appreciate the passion and I appreciate the grievance. Here's what they're doing. They are doing what they do, which is they have one eye on the present and one eye on the future. I understand it. That's an excellent way not to get fired if you're the person running that organization, because they can look you in the eye right now and say, we've won 26 games in the regular season. The last two years, we were in the NFC championship game this, this past year. You can't fire me. You can't even criticize me. We've been great. And they're right. But the other side of it is what is the value of one championship? And can you win in the future and win in the present at the same time? And I've said it on these airwaves a million times. When you have first ballot Hall of Fame starting quarterback play for 30 years in a row between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you've only won two titles, that is organizational underachievement. I don't care what anybody says. You have Aaron Rodgers. You haven't been in the Super Bowl in a decade. What year did they win it, 11? Was it 2011? Mm -hmm. Well, this is 21. So we're 10 years removed. You've had Aaron Rodgers on your team all this time, and you haven't been back to the Super Bowl. So that's not getting it right. So that's what they're doing. The answer to the question, Brad, is they're, they're, they're running that team with an eye on the present and an eye on the future. And I understand it, but I don't think it's the right thing to do. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, give me one more. Let's go to Chance. All right, Chance. Air your grievance.
1: Hi, Greeny. Love yourself. show. Um, I'm in Chicago. I'm a big Chicago fan, and I understand why we can't get anything straight from GM
0: to coach the quarterback at all. I I had a little trouble understanding what he said. He was
2: complaining about the GM, the head coach, and the quarterback and not getting any of them
0: right. Well, get in line. I mean, (laughs) who the hell isn't complaining about that? I hope that airing your grievance made you feel a little better, Chance, and I'm sorry that our line wasn't as good. Um but, yes, there's every reason to be complaining about those things. Everyone in Chicago I know, and that's a lot of people, including one I live with, <laughs> is complaining about the coach, G- the GM, and the quarterback. Not in that order. Most of they're complaining about the quarterback, which is the part of it that makes me feel kind of bad, because Andy Dalton doesn't really deserve that. Like, Andy Dalton is, is at this stage – I think like a fringe NFL starter. like he, He's the right guy to bring in if you're uncertain about your starting quarterback and he's going to compete for the starting job with someone or to be a bridge quarterback for someone. Unfortunately, if you're the Bears, that's not what he is because you don't have someone. You have no one, and that's the problem. The difference between someone <laughs> and no one is your problem <laughs> in Chicago. If, if, if we were to search, analyze, it's the difference between some. And none. There are teams out there that have some. And then there are teams that have none. When you have none, you stink. And that's unfortunately where they are. And the problem is they don't stink. Like they've got a really good defense. They have the 20th pick in the draft for a reason. They're not picking fourth. They're picking 20th. They were just good enough not to be able to draft the quarterback they want and not to be able to trade for the quarterback they want, and so you wind up with Andy Dalton, and that's how you wind up with Chance calling me up and being aggrieved. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. A Tim Hasselbeck quarterback talk and today's Green List, both on the way next. Stay there. Greeny on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any I am Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. We will have Tim Hasselbeck live on the Goodyear hotline in exactly 30 seconds to discuss what your team should do at quarterback. There is a lot to be figured out there, and the green list for today is still on the way. But I will spend 30 seconds telling you about ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is always wild. All the trades, free agent signings, new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the upcoming season. If you want to hire people that you're really excited about? Team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. And with that, I say hello again, Tim Hasselbeck. What's up, Greeny? Well, what we had to, you on the television this morning is the reason I say again, and I did express some concern uh, for you, and I would just like to share that with this audience, despite the fact that you're on the phone <laughs> and not on the camera. But I, I noted before we began today, you might be the most, the top of your head might be the most sunburned thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm worried about you, Hasselbeck. Uh... Uh, listen,
1: you and my wife and uh, everyone else around me, what it, it, it happens, though, is you're inside all winter, and then the first shot of the sun, it's like, oh, this feels look good, it's warm outside, and then I forget that really one of the most sensitive areas on your entire body is the top of your head, and people with hair don't understand that plight, but the
0: reality is, is it burns quickly, Greeny, and it, it's not good. Does it hurt as much as it looks like it would hurt? Like, when I first saw you, I was like, that, it looks does it hurt are you in pain right now you get in the shower you get in the shower and then
1: the hot water on the top of your head yeah it's scalding really right about the time you start peeling
0: you start to feel better okay i i I mean i've been sunburned before but never on the top of my head and it was just sort of a jarring uh thing anyway all right let's get down to business here there's a bunch of things i want to get into with you the first of them is this the domino effect that could take place at the top of the draft this year fascinates me. And by the top I mean the mm-hmm. second pick. Trevor Lawrence didn't go number one, nothing else to talk about. But at number two, when I opened this show today by, by playing the soundbite from Corey Davis, the newly acquired receiver of the New York Jets, saying that his understanding is he's coming there to play with Sam Darnold. Now that, that doesn't he does not no one's holding him to that. But I did start spinning it forward. The dominoes that would then fall if the Jets do make that decision to stay with Sam rather than drafting someone like Zach Wilson, it brings a million different things into play. So let's start there with the evaluations that you have done and are doing and your expertise. If you were sitting where they're sitting at number two, what would you do? I would probably stick with
1: Sam Darnold because I think that he's a young player with a ton of talent that has been put in a really bad situation at the start of his career. And, um, you know the assurances that you would have on any of these other prospects at the quarterback position that you could draft are are for sure going to be better than him i i don't see it that way like i think sam is that talented he's still that young that there's so much room for growth and so you know this idea that you could move out of that spot for someone who's dying to grab a quarterback move back but not so far back that you would you know, prevent yourself from getting some guys that could really help Sam, Uh, like to me, that would be the path that I would go. I think it's too early to give up on him. I understand the whole resetting of the clock, but that's really all you are doing. And you might draft a player that's not as good as Sam Darnold.
0: So that's obviously the big question. And then the threading of the needle, which is the second part of that that you're talking about, trading back but not trading back so far that you can't get an impact player, that's where it gets interesting. So the value of that pick, Tim, let's keep playing this game because I like it. Mm -hmm. The value of the second pick is really determined by how much of a difference you perceive there to be between the other quarterbacks in this draft. Like Trevor Lawrence, again, he's in this draft. He feels to me like he's one of one. Everyone loves him. But then our team's dying to go up and get. Zach Wilson, because he's that much better than Justin Fields or or that much better than Trey Lance or somebody else. That's what I'm asking you second, is do you see a big difference between the second quarterback in this draft and the third quarterback in this draft?
1: Well, I can just tell you, I prefer Justin Fields uh, to Zach Wilson mm-hmm. by a pretty significant amount. Ooh. Now, you know, obviously when you look at, you know, our draft experts, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, you know, they think that, that people like Zach Wilson more. And so, you know, when you look at it that way, you don't know where where how people have these guys ranked. And, you know, and people can feel a certain about Trey Lance. But to me, like, I I just, I look at Justin Fields, and I think that he has the ability to be a league MVP at some point. Hmm. Like he's got that much talent, and his game, I think, fits with, where the direction of the nfl is going you know i think that zach wilson's a really good player there's elements of what he does that he reminds me of jay cutler in a lot of the good way the ability to just throw the football in a way that most people aren't blessed to be able to do so look i understand that people like him as well i just you know i think there's going to be varying opinions in terms of how people feel about lance and fields because i certainly I think Fields is a better prospect.
0: Greeny and Tim Hasselbeck. All right, let's dive in. We're here. Let's do it. The question marks about Justin Fields are going to stem in large part from the fact that in that offense, players are always wide open. The coaching is so good. The talent Mm -hmm. is so good. uh, And and maybe the competition generally in the Big Ten isn't the level of the defenses you're seeing in the SEC that's what we will hear. We will hear people say that Justin Fields, uh, I've heard people say that, that what 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 he thinks of as open and what is really open in the NFL are going to be two different things. Why is that not a concern for you?
1: Because I think there's enough evidence of, you know, when things aren't perfectly open. And I think there's enough evidence of him doing the little things at the quarterback position that you need to see guys do. And so, you know, like you can go back to, you know, the Michigan game and, uh, you know, obviously not this past season, the season prior, mm-hmm. you know, he makes a few throws in that game that you go, okay, this is playing quarterback. This isn't him just, you know, out-athleting the competition. Uh, there's a couple throws in the Clemson game from this past year, one of them on a corner stop where, you know, the anticipation, timing, ball location, it's everything that you want to see. So I think that, well, all the stuff that you brought up is true and I think you have to fight against that when you watch him, you know, at college and he's playing Northwestern and guys are wide open, that that that's different. You have to fight against that. There is fools gold there, but I think that there is enough evidence of him doing the stuff in tighter windows with timing that you can be really, you know, encouraged and project from.
0: For the record, Northwestern is not the team I was referring to. He, he actually did not play well there against was a North- bit of- Yeah.
1: No, but, but listen, he's got guys running free, and he's got guys running free in other games as well. Right. Rutgers and whoever else. But, like – it was probably a, a little bit of a low blow on my part. Correct. So I you were just—I
0: want to make it clear—and also just for the audience that you weren't—you were just going after me, which I'm all good with. But Northwestern's defense actually <laughs> stymied him. That's the game people referred to when they raised questions about him. And they didn't—he didn't beat Northwestern. I mean, the guy who beat us was the running back, Trey. Uh, his name is Sermon. is, uh, is that he ran for 300 yards <laughs> against us. Northwestern actually has a corner who's going to go in the first round. But but let's let's not digress into that. Greeny and Tim Hasselbeck. Okay. Let's then go to the next uh, question, which was fascinating on TV this morning. Mac Jones is another quarterback who is going to go in the first round of this draft. From Alabama, set basically every record you could have. Had one of the great seasons, statistically maybe the greatest season any quarterback has ever had this past year. Mel projects him to go 15 to New England. And you brought up all of the question marks about his athleticism or lack thereof. And so it does beg the question, Tim Hasselbeck, in this day and age, the way pro football is played in 2021, do you have to have the second threat? Do you have to have the ability to make plays with your legs to be a great quarterback in the NFL?
1: I don't know that it is a must, must have, okay? Like, I think that Mac Jones is a good prospect and can be a good quarterback in the NFL. The, the – but like you know mel brought up the point on get up this morning with us like you don't draft the outliers in the first round like you don't you don't make exceptions for the guys that are going in the first round and i'm not saying he's a bad prospect but what i am saying is to draft him in the top half of the first round when there are, are glaring deficiencies it's not like it's a a minor deficiency. It is a glaring deficiency when you compare him to other guys that are drafted in the top half of the first round in terms of the athleticism that they have. And so, um, yeah, like, like to me, I think to go that early in the draft, you need to be checking more of those boxes off. I just do look, I love the pocket passer Greeny. Like I, I love that guy, but the idea that you now are playing in a league that, that, that the quarterback is not going to be involved in the run game the way they are right now, or that you're not going to have the second reaction plays that you get from so many of these other quarterbacks. And you're going to draft that guy in the first round. Like, I, I don't know why we're playing that game. I mean, Marcus Spears brought up the point of, you know, you, you insulate him in new England. Well, why are you drafting a guy in the top half of the first round? If you need to insulate him, mm-hmm. shouldn't you be drafting the guy that makes everybody around you significantly better? Because, He's just that much better than everybody else. Like, that's what I think those picks are reserved for.
0: I can't argue with a word of it. I mean, I think you're exactly right. And Bill Polian, whom you quoted or someone quoted on TV today, and I I have had a million conversations like this with him as well, is the one who always said these benchmarks – and depending on what position it is, you know, how fast they need to be, how these cone drills, all this nonsense that I always make fun of at the combine, he always says these are in place for a reason. Because the guys who don't check those boxes, Tim, to use the way you just described it, yeah, there will be exceptions. Some of them will still be good, but most of them will not. Mm -hmm. Most of the great players in the NFL do check all those boxes. So what I feel like you're saying is, you're opening yourself up to the risk, to, to this guy being the exception rather than the rule, and that is a questionable thing to do high in the first round of the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I think it's significant. And I, I like you, i am not crazy about the combine number stuff, but when you're talking about guys that are going where they're going, look, one of the reasons I had an issue with Baker Mayfield one overall, and I think if we could redraft that, he wouldn't go one overall, is that like when I looked at his combine numbers, Greeny, you know who he was a dead ringer for? Mm-hmm. I'll help you. It was me. So I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? People are trying to compare him to Russell Wilson. It's like, nah, he's not Russell Wilson. And so, like, look at Mac Jones. People are like, hey, he's faster than Tom Brady. Sure. You know who he's a ringer for? He's a ringer for Ryan Finley's combine numbers. Man. So, like, let's be – I just think that, like, hey, let's be careful when we're trying to excuse – you know, somebody's deficiencies when, by the way, if you were to just look at some of these other guys, whether they, listen, Sam Darnold, the things he could do, or, or Aaron Rodgers, or or any of these guys that go, you know, know, in the first round at the quarterback position. So that's my concern with it.
0: I I think it's very legitimate and it's very funny the way that you put that. I enjoyed it very much, Tim. It was a fun (laughs) day in every way. Thanks so much, my friend. I'll see you soon. All right, that's Tim Hasselbeck with me here. He was he was very funny today and very insightful with all of that stuff. I think it is fascinating, and he was red like a lobster, right? Uh, and Was I making that uh, up? the reddest. I mean, he just red, the second. So I'll give you a little insight into how these things work. So I sit down in the chair to do get up, usually about a quarter to eight in the morning. We come on at eight o'clock Eastern time. And one by one, they will start popping up on the satellite, all the people who are going to be on with me that day. <laughs> And they do what a mic check, which is fairly self-explanatory. I make sure they can hear me and I can hear them. Uh, so we don't have the Charles Barkley thing happen to us again. So anyway, the second Hasselbeck pops up this morning. The second. My first, literally, out loud, I went, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> like, <coughs> he's red. Like, have you ever seen a lobster when they come right out of the pot? Like, it's boiling. He's bright red. He's, like, red and, like, like. Almost phosphorescent was the sun. He, he did. He, he looked. He looked like he had, like we had just. We had just. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's like he had literally just walked off of the beach. Either way, when and that is that's got to be challenging. Like a lot of men look very good bald. He's got a good bald head. Very. I mean, we have a lot of bald friends. I got a lot of bald friends. That has got to be the hardest part of being bald. I would think covering it up. It, well, it's just the sun, right? Like yeah. that is a sensitive part of you. And it's he needed to wear a hat. well, you have to wear a hat. Yeah. That's the thing. And so now you wear now here you are wearing a hat. So like you didn't if your plan was not to wear a hat, but now the sun is out, now all of a sudden you're wearing a we hat. You should have
2: made him do the nine o'clock hour in a hat. In a
0: hat. Or in something. I mean you I mean, get the man some <laughs> copper tone, because that was just a mess. By the way, for those of you who are just joining me here, I feel a need to do the Charles Barkley thing again. So something happened with Charles Barkley today. He was fabulous. The interview was fabulous. He was great on all the basketball. And, and we talked about his daughter's wedding, which was beautiful, and I really enjoyed it, knowing Charles as I do. look, like, like He's been famous so long that, that I think all of us feel like you know him. But in the middle of the interview, we lost our connection. So he's on FaceTime, and I can see him great, and I can hear him great, and it just couldn't be going better. And then suddenly it becomes clear to me that I've lost him. And the following exchange ensues. You will hear me ask him a question, and you will hear him answer it directly. Here's how that went. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. <laughs> so, so I, when that happens, my first reaction is, something doesn't make sense. If the question, if I ask you, Hembo, can you hear me? And the legitimate answer is no. And you answer, I cannot. <laughs> we are in a place of confusion. And what it turns out happened is the, 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 the television director, our TV director, was talking to him at that time because he had lost connection to me and he's trying to troubleshoot. He's doing exactly what his job is, which is he's trying to get Charles back on the air as fast as he can. And literally in that second, what are the odds? He says to Charles, can you hear Greeny? And Charles says, I cannot. So what happens on the air is this. Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. And so that (laughs) led to like 10 minutes of confusion where I'm convinced he can hear me and he cannot. And so that was what happened today. And that was kind of funny. All right. I I have not gotten it because that happened. I never got in the green list today. Let's do it quickly. Uh, The green list is my top five. This, that or the other. Every single day is voted on exclusively by me.
1: The list is what
2: determines who matters in this business.
0: And in honor of the anniversary of Rob Gronkowski retiring, it was on this day three years ago that Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement. And obviously he's bounced back. He caught two Super Bowl touchdowns and he is back in the NFL. Today's list are the five best players after they retired. The five best players after their retirement. Today's Green List. Number five. Five is Brett Favre. He retired in 2008 at the age of 38 He then came back and played great with the Jets. His time with the Jets is greatly misremembered. He was much better than people remember. Then he retired again. Then he came back and played in Minnesota and could easily have been the MVP of the league in 2009 and led them to the NFC Championship game. He retired for good in 2010. But Brett Favre was really good after both of his retirements. He's number five. Number four. Four is George Foreman. He fought March 17, 1977, lost to Jimmy Young. Nearly 10 years later, came back at the age of 38 and fought 34 more times, including becoming the oldest to win the heavyweight crown at the age of 45. He was 31-3 and in those fights. George Foreman, after retirement, coming back and better than ever. Number three. Three is Mario Lemieux, diagnosed with cancer in 1993. Was away from the sport for two months. On the day of his last radiation treatment, he flew to Philadelphia, scored a goal, and had an assist. He retired in 1997 due to debilitating injuries. During retirement, he bought the Penguins and was subsequently inducted into the Hall of Fame. Then he came back again in 2000 and played another six seasons, including leading the Penguins to the Eastern Conference Finals in his first year back. So Mario, Mario Lemieux was extremely active and successful after his retirement. Mario Lemieux was number three on today's green list. Number two. Two is Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, and after the 2012 Olympics, announced his retirement. At that point, he had won 22 Olympic medals, including 18 golds. He retired. He unretired. And in 2016, he won five more golds and a silver in Rio Finishing his career with 23 gold medals, two silvers, and two bronze. Leading me to ask the question Does he even keep the bronze? Like, if you've got 23 golds, two silvers, what do you do with the bronze? (laughs) Like, do you give that as a tip? Halloween? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, someone shows up with your delivery, you know, yeah, yeah, grub up. Here, here's a, here's, have a bronze bronze medal. medal from Athens. I have no cash on me. Anyway, he's number two. Number one. Number one is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan retired in October of 1993, came back in March of 95, subsequently went on to win three consecutive championships, averaging 29 points, five rebounds, and four assists, playing 38 minutes a game, 82 games a season each of those three years, and was the best player in the sport. The, he came back and was the best player in the sport. I've said it many times. Michael Jordan, before his retirement, was the best player ever. After his retirement, he was just the best player in basketball. So Michael Jordan was number one, is number one on today's green list of the greatest careers after their retirement. In honor of Rob Gronkowski, who's doing just fine, thank you very much, three years to the day after he announced his retirement. He's coming back for another year in Tampa. By the way, so is everybody. I think I saw a note they're going to have 21 of their 22 starters back this season. We'll have time to worry about that. But before that, we got to figure out the rest of the wheeling and dealing right now and the draft and everything else. This was a fun day. Thanks again to Charles Barkley. It was awesome. Thank you for the extra time, Chuck. And and again, congratulations to you and your family. Can you hear me, Charles? Charles, can you hear me now? I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to laugh about that all day. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast.